Bismillah alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Welcome back to another episode of the Fikra podcast. I welcome you back with uh, another guest. Um, alhamdulillah, we, um, subhanallah, we met on uh, Instagram actually, which is very, very uh, an interesting uh, occurrence that doesn't really happen too often. But um, I, I basically put on my Instagram uh, story, you know, I mean, I was like, uh, who wants to be on a podcast? And uh, a very beautiful brother, uh, you know, said, yeah, inshallah, that sounds good. <laughs> and I said, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because you were actually the only one. Uh, you oh, know, so, yeah, like, mashallah. I, I actually have a tendency of meeting a lot of people through Instagram. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, so it, it's just a habit, like never, <laughs> always taking the opportunity to meet. Yeah, there's the networking aspect of Instagram is, is amazing. So we have actually brother uh, Osama from, uh, I believe, Minnesota? Dearborn, Michigan. Dearborn, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. <laughs> yes, uh, Michigan, one of the highest populations of Muslims in the U.S. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Um, which is which is actually pretty crazy, um, and and you know it's it's um, your your Instagram handle is just for the people to find O U S S A M A underscore A J E R D A J E R D. And how do you say your last name? So in Arabic, it's Ajard. Like, Ajard. there's sukun on all top of the letters, which is pretty awkward for, like, anyone uh-huh. who's not Arabic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's crazy. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, we, it, it was basically just going to be, like, a conversation. But um, what my main goal was this with, uh, with, with this podcast was to uh, try to talk about the notion of studying uh, deen within your uh, capacity, right? Um, and I feel like, especially with, um, over the years, uh, you know, obviously we are, like, nowhere near any of our teachers, but we have to understand, like, you know, there's obviously that notion of the young people coming out and l- trying to learn deen. Um, and it's a very real thing. Everybody wants to learn deen. Uh, but there's obviously that notion of how does one go about learning deen? You know, um, and and then there's different conversations that come from that. How far do you want to go? Like, what is your academic and like uh, academic goal? What is your career goal with that? Because, for example, if I want to go towards the qiraat, uh, that's a science of itself. If I want to become a hadith scholar, that's a science of itself. It takes a longer time. If I want to also even do anything in terms of uh, fiqh, that's an entire different conversation. <laughs> You know, um, and like we've we've seen our teachers talk about this stuff and like we've seen the, the conversations that come with it, the work that needs to go into it, the memorization, the um, the, the intentions that come behind it. So uh, why don't we begin with what intentions should we have, uh, you know, when we when we even come towards Islam and, and Deen. Um, so talk about that a little bit. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala khair khalqillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. So uh, intention is a really important thing. Uh, and the issue is that I see sometimes is people want to learn deen, but the intention is uh, not going to say corrupt and judge their intention, but they're not even aware of what they want to learn uh, to begin with. Or sometimes they see someone like a public speaker speaking about a certain topic and, and they see themselves being that person. But that not necessarily means learning deen. Learning deen doesn't mean you're able to give 
lectures or give khawatir or give a khutbah. Mm-hmm. Learning deen is about improving yourself, your worship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what Imam Malik said that, imagine Imam Malik and he, he is who he is. Yeah. And he said his intention for learning deen was so he could practice. And that's what it, it led to that now like, what, 1200, 1300 years later, we're still mentioning mm-hmm. his name and he has a school of thought. So the first intention that you need to have is that I'm seeking knowledge so I can improve my worship. Maybe my tahara is not, is not perfect, so I'm going to learn about that. Maybe my prayer is not perfect. Maybe my fasting, uh, I don't know the rulings behind uh, different stuff, so I'm going to learn about that. Maybe I want to start a business, so I'm going to learn about mu'amalat, how, how to deal with people, how, how to give zakat, how to trade, and so on and so forth. So the first intention seeking knowledge should be how do I improve myself and what is what do I need in my life? What types or forms of worship do I constantly perform so I know the rulings behind them? And that's why Imam Malik said that during his time, they wouldn't do anything except that they would ask if there's an author, if there's a hadith that they could implement to, to perform whatever action it is. So it's not about just memorizing this beautiful hadith or this beautiful story and telling someone else. That's that's another part of it that eventually, if you go into wa'ad or if you go into public speaking, that comes with it. But the first fundamental foundation is that you need to learn to improve your own worship and nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a, it's a very good point you brought up about... Um, trying to improve yourself uh, first because a lot of people they feel like they can become teachers uh, right off the bat which is a which is kind of I would say it's it's definitely a disease of someone's intentions right um, that's how you see the tainted uh, intentions at the end of the day um, teaching should not be the um, obviously we, we, we seek to teach and you know learn and everything but the the first and foremost thing should be, to first improve yourself um, and and realize that you are also uh, imperfect, right? Mm-hmm. But you are going to be teaching something. For example, Quran, you're going to teaching something, going to be teaching something that is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to understand those two differences. Um, and and I've seen this within myself as well. Um, going towards any uh, science of the Deen. Um, it got difficult when my uh, my goal was to be like a certain teacher, right? When I was young, younger, a little bit, um, my goal was, you know, to be like this speaker or this person, this person. But you you can't make that your goal, you know. Um, and it takes a little bit of like a realization shock where uh, you might you might fall into that. Uh, I I I see myself in the mirror now, and I see who I am versus who this person is versus who this person is. Um, and it, it definitely, you have to be humble at certain times. Um, and especially when sitting with uh, your teachers, you are humbled. Um, and you are kind of like, you know how you how there's a racehorse running, right? Because when you're young, you're basically like a racehorse. And you have to be held back, you know? Uh, if you don't, you're going to fall off the cliff. You know what I mean? Um, and that's the main purpose of the teachers. They hold you back and they make you, you know, not fall off. If you don't have that teacher... You're going to fall off. Um, and the second point I would say, because with first intentions, the second point becomes, you know, how uh, having a good teacher, you know, Definitely. having uh, one of the best teachers is the main aspect. Um, now, with with teachers comes um, influence as well. 
Um, and, and there's a lot that can be said about also potential, like, you know, brainwashing, if you want to call that. Um, that is also out there, you know, without a doubt. But um, finding a good teacher, what are the qualifications of a good teacher? Um, as we've seen, we've I've had multiple teachers. Uh, you probably had multiple teachers that, you know, you, you see the differences in them, right? Uh, how their teaching methods are, how their own intentions are. Um, so how would you describe, like... Um, to the senses of, you know, finding kind of like, what is that first kind of gut feeling to have that good teacher? Uh, for, for me, to be honest, from my own experience, there are two things that like made me like, like I had multiple teachers, but there was one that like I spent over a year with like in one, one-to-one, like in person. And then we continue virtually for the past two years. And the two things that made me really stick with this teacher is from two aspects, how people look at him and how he looks at himself. So the first thing is that a teacher needs to have tiskia from other teachers or from other scholars that they know how long has been he has been studying. He has his ijazat. People studied with him before. The, so basically, it's some sort of resume to, in a sense. The other thing is how he looks at himself. So uh, there is there is an issue sometimes that I, I that I notice with people, especially sometimes here in the West, more often than anywhere else, is that we we're so affected by this length in my mentality, or that I need to show off my qualifications, or like what yeah. universities I studied from. So the first thing you, you talk to someone, and he they don't even introduce themselves as so and so. They introduce themselves as Imam this or Sheikh this, and the first moment I I see someone like calling himself a sheikh or an imam mm. that's when i when, when i become wary like I, it's it's a it's a big flag for me to be honest because that for sure that mentality that means he sees benefit to himself or he sees that he's someone mm-hmm. so the second this brings me to the second uh, aspect is that the teacher himself like my teacher used to say لا يرى لنفسه فضلة, to not see any merit in himself and and this was one of the first things that I that my teacher told me when first someone put me in contact with him, and I called him and I said uh, so and so told me about you and I can't wait I want to get to meet you and uh, schedule a study session and stuff. The first thing he said I know you might know this is from a it's from an old poem or a, basically a proverb. He said تسمعوا بالمعيدي خير من أن تراه. To hear about Muaidi is better than to hear to see him in person. Because it's this legend that you might have heard of, but like in person, he's no one. Mm. So he was telling that about himself. He said, I'm no one. Like, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> and it was the total opposite of what he was saying, because like, I know what others said about him and I know from personal experience. But that's something definitely, definitely to be wary of. If uh, if you meet someone and he says like, I'm Sheikh, so, so, um, it's, uh, it's difficult to be honest. Yeah, you know, subhanAllah, the, and we also have the dua of uh, Abu Bakr in that sense as well, of the basically like ikhlas. Yeah, so so all of these things that, you know, Ya Allah, don't yeah, give me better than they think. Uh, don't, like, forgive me for what they say, you know, and forgive me for what they don't know. You know, don't punish me for what they say and forgive me for what they don't know. And all of these things, you know, they, they come back to how sincere are you as a person? How connected are you to your own self? You know, mm. um, and you know, subhanAllah, we have also um, th- this one amazing book, uh, With the Heart in Mind by uh, Sheikh Mikhail Ahmed Smith. He wrote that oh, book, sure. it's called uh, Emo- The Emotional Intelligence of the Prophet. Mm. Um, and and 
this it goes into a lot of things, but may, one of the main things is also the in, interpers, intrapersonal connection, which is the connection with yourself. Um, and, uh, you know, one of our um, teachers here, uh, Sheikh Ismail uh, Isa, he also says, like, if you are getting compliments and, like, you know, you're getting uh, praised and this and that, you got to work on yourself, you know, because um, you are going to be affected. And we have also Ibn Mas'ud, radiallahu anhu. He was the giant of the Qur'an. Like, nobody knew the Qur'an more than him. Like, at, the, at that time, the, the, nobody knew the Qur'an more than him. He knows exactly where it was revealed. He knows exactly why. He knows exactly, you know, how. And, like, he was a giant. Now, the Prophet what did he say? He said, if you ever want to learn the Qur'an, go to Ibn Mas'ud. Now, when people realized this, they were like, oh my God, that's Ibn Mas'ud. They started following him, right? And when they followed him, he looked back and he was like, uh, do you need something? You know, because like these people, they were sincere and they didn't, they didn't want the clout. You know what I mean? Because um, like we said, it was more about themselves learning it for themselves. Dude, exactly. And then he says like, you know, they were like, oh, because you're Ibn Masrud, you know, the Prophet Sallallahu talked about you. And he was like, I swear, don't do this. You just like, basically like you just threw dirt in my face. Don't do that to me. Uh, it's also, it affects me personally. And like, you have to understand if it affects people like Ibn Mas'ud, who there's no one on the earth like Ibn Mas'ud, he and and like if he said that that kind of that small little clout like affects his nafs, you have to understand how many people are millions of followers, how many people you know these reciters are, um, and I just say reciters because like I feel like you know I've, I've dealt with many of them, um, how many you know what I mean would be like following for that clout, and and it's not just that. Sometimes, like, like, oh, and, and like, we never judge uh, intentions, like, like we said in the beginning. But it's not even to that extent. Like sometimes, like you just reciting Fatiha in front of someone, or like just giving a one minute reminder, and like people coming up to you and saying Jazakallah Khair, or this, that yeah. was beautiful, that was awesome. That will start to play with your intention. Definitely, definitely. Like, and and if you don't have a teacher that will humble you, and, exactly, and keep you on check, and if you're not doing uh, purification of the heart, if you're not doing tazki and exactly about what the the giants in our fields said, it, it will get to you one day, one way or another. Yeah. Like, uh, except with the, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala protects you. Yeah, and and um, I don't know if you've seen my you have you seen my old content on my Instagram, like the ones that I used to like do like the videos and stuff. Uh, if you go like a little bit farther down, you can see that. Yeah. So I mean, I used to do like you know the the reminder videos and all those, um, and then people obviously you know started coming to me. So I realized that I was like, okay, um, so that's my my intentions, like hard because obviously you know we're all human. My intentions like went over there, and I was like, all right, so I'm gonna just stop doing them <laughs> right now um, until I can until I can better myself. You know what I mean? Um, so I haven't done one of those uh, videos in a while. Um, but it's also not, and I'm, I haven't said this in public, but like now I'm obviously carrying it out, but like, um, as far as why I stopped, um, making them because a lot of people said, Oh, do a Ramadan series, do a this series. And I was like, at the end of the day, right now, um, uh, I'm not at a place where I can, you know, continue a little bit, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm fine with just posting, even if you see, I'm posting just the reciters, you know what I mean? The like different reciters every day. So like that's that's my main thing, you know. Like my main concern right now is not to be the motivator. There's hundreds, thousands, <laughs> thousands of reminders, bro. 
if you see Sheikh Omar Suleiman's um, series now, like that's amazing. You know what I mean? Go watch that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I am I am no one. You know what I mean? I am fine with just uh, doing me. I'm fine with just um, trying to you know fix my own nafs uh, in Ramadan. Because this, at the end of the day, obviously, it's not like a, like a job that I've you know, that I have to put out content. <laughs> I did it for the sake of other people, you know, for the sake of Allah, and uh, to benefit others, obviously. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like now, when people started coming to me, like you know, oh, mashallah, mashallah, you're so good, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm no one, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I, and then people started asking me for advice, and I was like, bro, like at the end of the day, please ask someone qualified. <laughs> uh, and people started asking me, like, obviously, like, with, like, the questions and stuff, I, like, I teach that stuff, so I'm like, I, I can do that. But, like, as far as people were asking me, like, how do I, you know, do this and then this? It was like, Mu'amalat. And I was like, bro. <laughs> I was like. And I, I think that's one of the, that's one of the first tricks or one of the first traps any student of knowledge gets into. Yeah. And that is people coming to him for questions. Like, I remember, like. <laughs> My like by the time I gave like a first khutbah or like a yeah. two reminders and stuff like that, and they were like now that I think back at them, I cringe because like I like I, and like after that like people like start coming to you or like thinking you're someone. I'm like, yeah. bro, like no, like it's it's nothing like that. Yeah. And if you don't have the guidance from your teacher, or like that humbleness or that like you said that inner reflection to say that I don't know la alam, that's mm. that's that's that you're getting sucked and and you will lose yeah. all the benefit that. You try to attain from seeking this uh, this blessed yeah, knowledge. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, um, even if like I if I don't know something, even within like the questions that I do receive, I because uh, I don't know why I, I've been receiving a lot of tajweed questions. So I, I a lot of stuff like I know I don't know. So I'll just like text one of my teachers and he'll give me the answer and I'll just say like this teacher gave me the answer. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not gonna like you know if obviously somebody wants the answer they'll you know I'll give them the resources to do that. Um, that's the least I can do, but, um, like, yeah, this one thing I just couldn't, like, I didn't, I didn't figure it out. So, um, I sent them to the, to my teacher's Instagram. So I was like, yo, DM him, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so I wasn't going to be like, you know, you don't have the answer. I was like, no, just go to him. Um, because there's resources out there. If you know them, you can give them out. You know what I mean? Um, and these people, they, they've, they've learned a lot more than you, you know? <laughs> and that's why... I send them. I send people to other people that have learned a lot more than me, for that simple reason. Because like, obviously, I don't want someone to go about it the wrong way and um, make stuff up. <laughs> and I feel um, that that becomes one of your duties as a student of knowledge. Yeah, yeah. And it's not to give people answers. Yeah. Uh, like I, I believe it's a, it's a famous story by Ibn Umar radiAllahu an, when someone came to him for fatwa, and he gave basically he gave advice. He said, when someone came comes to you for fatwa, you're not. Uh, your purpose is not to help that person but it's yeah. to help yourself not to give the wrong answer or not to misguide them yeah so like i feel like your duty as a student of knowledge becomes not trying to serve people or trying to give them answers mm-hmm. but rather trying to send them to the to the more authentic resources that they can go to and more learned scholars instead of yeah, yeah. just trying to google something yourself or like find some answer somehow and give it to them yeah no exactly because that way you're not benefiting anyone for sure bro um, and as far as like with uh, like fiqh, you've learned like Maliki fiqh? Yeah, Maliki. Yeah, yeah. That's good. If, you, if you go to Morocco, like you can't learn anything. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. No, my favorite, um, and I feel like with, with uh, Maliki fiqh, like two, like a bunch of my teachers are Maliki. <laughs> At the end of the day, a lot of people feel like it's, um, you just, you're, you're just Muslim, right? Um, yeah. And then that, that question comes in like, if you're, uh, 
if you follow a certain madhab, um, can you be just Muslim? Yeah, you can. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know. No, it's a, it's a, like, the, the only reason like madhab come up is because of geographic uh, region yeah, yeah. You, you live in. Or yeah. if you're sort of knowledge, it's, it depends on your teacher, basically, depends, when you're yeah. studying. Exactly, yeah. Because yeah. It's, it's better to, to stick to one madhab instead of just like floating yeah. around and picking stuff here and there. Um, no, no, yeah, yeah. Or even... Because uh, at the end of the day, the... the the fuqaha, they followed malahib, right? Yeah. They followed the different uh, schools of thought. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, all, all these terms, we should really explain. So, malahib are schools of thought. And then uh, fiqh is, like, uh, basically, like, law, jurisprudence, all of those things mixed in one. Um, and, like, all these things, they... Uh, they have to be learned by a teacher. They can't be just, you, you can't just pick up a book and uh, go ahead. Um, and I actually just asked uh, one of my good friends and teachers, Harun. He's also, you know, Marikin. He's uh, learning in, uh, he, he went to an Egypt uh, to learn and, uh, you know, like near Azhar for uh, like, and he's probably going to go to Azhar now. But um, he's learning, uh, you know, everything within the Madahib. Um And like, he, I asked him like, yo, can someone learn fiqh in English? Now, uh, what was interesting, his answer was like, uh, yeah, for sure. But you can't like call them a fuqh, like a faqih, you know? <laughs> um, because learning fiqh is about learning how to practice. Like, yeah. Actually, I, funny enough, I actually have the first like uh, metan that we study in Maliki. Really? And have right sitting right here next to me because I was looking That's something up the other day. But literally, like, how do you break it down? And when, when they say fiqh, like, it's not just rules like that were just like mushed together yeah. and that's it they were like here memorize this or like but it's basically like the first chapter is always about like aqidah like that that like the aqidah that as a muslim you need to have yeah that then it goes into like uh worship so it goes it starts by tahara mm-hmm. then into prayer yeah like it goes to the steps of prayer like yeah, yeah exactly and, 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 and it goes and, into siyam zakat and stuff like that then at the end it concludes with, with tazkiyah and yeah, you just yeah. like structure then there one school of thought. That's why it's called Maliki or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I've had a lot of people you know ask me you know why can't I just be Muslim? I was like yeah you, that's fine, but you know you have to understand uh, how are you going to learn how to pray? You know what I mean? How are you going to learn how to make wudu? Um, there's like just even if you just learn like the ibadat, uh, like you're going to be fine with that. Um, you know what I mean? It's not the it's not like everybody's job to go ahead and learn the um, like the deep mutun and all these things, the yeah, poems and it, yeah. I mean, it's it's a you have to have that like desire within you to study um, because if you try to go at it with like oh I'm gonna become a scholar one day with this, no, uh, that's the wrong mindset because at the end of the day, even our teachers they would not call themselves you know. Oh, uh, you know, I've become a scholar now. No, they are still learning. You know what I mean? And you have to understand how far they are at from you. Um, and like, and that's why, like, within, even with like, um, somebody does like, you know, a few years in Arabic and they uh, think they're a scholar. You know what I mean? It, it's it's difficult when people think like that. Uh, very problematic. That's why I said, like, the, the the number one intention should be that you're doing all of this so you can improve your own worship. It's, yeah. What is being called a scholar or being called this or that or whatever label is going to come in front of your name going to do to your own worship at the end of the day? It's not just because your name is Imam this or Sheikh this or scholar that. 
when you stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to pray or when you're fasting or reciting the Quran, there's like a shortcut that you could take or uh, it becomes easier for you. That's, that's not the case by any means. It just means you have even more of an obligation to perform it to a higher standard because now you know the rulings. No, yeah, yeah for sure, bro. Because, um, and it goes, in, it goes without saying that there's a roadmap for, for going about anything. Um, you know what I mean? Because if we go about it and be like, all right, you're going to sit here, study fiqh for five years um, and nothing else. First of all, that person has not even gone in the basics of uh, their own belief, you know, let alone know what fiqh means. You know, like, like where, where does the word, where, what's the root word of fiqh? You know, you can't answer that question. You know what I mean? They, they like, that's the, that's the main uh, concern there. Like, because uh, I always I will say um, within the sciences you have to go at Arabic first. I, I like that idea because it'll it'll not only give you a little bit of ease to go into these things, but you'll also be able to not only like pick up like seventy to eighty percent within a year, but you're also going to go at it and be comfortable with the texts. You know what I mean? You won't be like someone that's oh, um, I, I only know English, and I've, I've learned fiqh for five years already, so where, where is Arabic come? No, you can't do that. Uh, how, how does one even study fiqh for, uh, like, five years without Arabic? I, I don't see that. It's not like, and it depends on what their end goal is, because if you're studying yeah. fiqh for five years, like, there must be an end goal that, like, because if you're studying to, yeah. to better yourself, one year of studying like mutun or like studying fiqh, you will know like the worships that you need to do and how to improve them. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. What about the other sciences? The, how is your relationship with the Quran? Do you know your own mm. aqeed and belief that you need to uphold as a as a Muslim? Yeah. And uh, actually, I was just uh, listening to the lecture and a scholar said this. He said, it's, at the end of the day, you need to ask yourself, what is your relationship with the Quran? Because mm-hmm. all these sciences were there to... To, make, to help you understand the Qur'an and improve your connection with the Qur'an. But if you're so calling yourself a student of knowledge and you're spending so much time studying fiqh and studying hadith and this, but you don't have time to pick up the mushaf and read, then there is something wrong because there is no purpose of you considering yourself a student of knowledge because all of these knowledges were supposed to, to lead to one thing and that is the Qur'an of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, and I feel like the the best knowledge is the knowledge of the Quran and and even uh, like uh, Sheikh Ibn Taymiyyah he, at the end of his life he even said like I wish I had more time like studying the Quran you know what I mean and and a bunch you'll find a bunch of scholars say that because um, the ultimate you know the main like where does where does everybody where does the fiqh come from you know it comes from the Quran and right the Sunnah right because all of these things they're interpreted by the uh, major schools you know what I mean? And that's where they come from. So uh, it's definitely it's definitely difficult. So so we mentioned a lot of things. We mentioned first was the intention behind um, why you want to even go about studying deen. Now, second was finding those teachers, right? And what qualities you can find within a teacher. Now, third would be how, um, like, what is your small, what is your end goal, right? So what is your end goal? You have to ask yourself that. And now the final thing would have to be how do we how do we go about it? You know what I mean? Like what is like what would be a good roadmap? Um, uh, and everybody has their own kind of interpretation of what they would like to do, um, but it's also something that it can't be neglected within you know what you're gonna want to do at the end. 
so I would say the first as well, like the fourth point as well would be have to be how do you uh, study within your means, right? Because the main entire topic with uh, with this podcast should be like, you know, how do you study within your means? Um, like, what do you have? You know what I mean? I think the first thing is to be realistic. Yeah. The number one thing is like, we, there's a lot of people like, and I, I remember like in the, that we all go through this phase when we first like become like, oh, I want to le- learn more about my religion. So yeah. what you end up doing is that you sign up through all these like lectures that are local or like you join your MSA and this and that. And I used to meet people like that and I, I would ask them, I'm like, oh, what is your uh, what what is your goal or like what do you want to do? And like I remember someone saying, oh, I want to become, eventually I want to do engineering or I want to become a doctor, but I also want to become like a big scholar. I want to I want to learn as much of my religion as possible. I'm like, if you're going to become a doctor, that's going to become your 24-hour studying time. Like, you need to put so much effort and time, dedication to that. And there is nothing wrong with that as long as you have time for your own religion and you recite your Quran and pray and, and so on. And no one is requiring you to become a scholar. But it's being unrealistic to think that I'm going to become a doctor, but at the same time, I'm going to spend five, six years of my life studying this thing. It's, uh, so yeah, from the beginning, yeah. you need to set realistic goals for yourself. So I've, I've talked to many um, like people on this subject. You know, They have all said like one common thing. You have to understand what do you want to, what do you want to come out of it you know, doing. Uh, is your end goal to be a teacher? Is your end goal to be someone who has um, you know, a bunch of like ijazat? Do you want to be someone that can be like, you want to be an imam at the end of the day? Um, you know that you have to you have to ask yourself those questions. You know because with okay yeah sure with the title of a sheikh that's fine. You have to understand there's not a lot of money in that. You're not gonna go at it. Nobody goes at that for the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know um, and and that's something that it, obviously like we like we don't care about it. But like you know I mean riz comes from wherever. But um, like everybody has to understand that there's no money where in terms of like. Obviously, like you can you can make a good you know decent living, but you're not going to be like super rich, you know. Um, like but it, you it, have to spend your money like to yeah to, yeah, and you have to, to also go about like th- this journey of seeking knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, bro. And and I've I've even like within the books that I have, um, there's a lot of money that went into those, <laughs> you know. It was one a lot, and and it's. Um, a lot of it's, people. It's an investment. You know. It's more. It's 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 not about the returns. The returns are yeah. in the mainly, and yeah. you getting closer to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala through this knowledge. Yeah. But it's mainly an investment. And like, and I, I remember going with my teacher. Like, he would go to library like ever so often and like check all the new releases and stuff like that because he was a researcher and he liked to yeah. to have different references and stuff, and he would have set amount of money just like he needs clothing and food and stuff, but he would go to library and like come out like. Spending all the money that he had for like his yeah. allowance for the month, and yeah. he was like, I, I, "I guess I just won't have to. I won't buy the clothing I need for now. Like I'll just save it for later because this is more important to me." Yeah, you know, and that's the that's the lifestyle. You know, you can't. Um, you that's a that's an entirely different lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, and then people also want to get uh, married too. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand when you want to get married, when you want to also seek knowledge. You're either gonna have to, you're gonna have to hold on to one, you know. You're gonna have to push one I mean, forward, you know. I mean, like th- there are like uh, compromises that could be made. Yeah. And, like basic, but it all goes back to the goals that you s- set in the beginning and how you go about them. And just to give like, probably like this is the main roadmap or like 
as a similar example that I feel both of us would have went through yeah. in the beginning is that like if if this if you're making this decision in the beginning of your college or like as you finished high school, you can utilize the local resources to to study Arabic, mm-hmm. to, uh, to study Quran, start memorizing, attend halaqas or fiqh or hadith, and, and like accumulate like. If you do it consistently for the four years of college or five years or however long you're in college, by the end of five years you have very strong foundation that you'll be comfortable as as, as a Muslim in, in the West, practicing, knowing your religion, being able to defend your own uh, thought and beliefs without having to to sacrifice or saying that I'm gonna go overseas for how many years. And but if your goal on the other end is to go overseas eventually then those four years of studying locally and utilizing those resources will make that trip even easier for you in a sense exactly um and and it goes without saying that you know you have to have have like a mentor that kind of sees oversees these things um you don't want to be in a spot where you you know because i've heard many many people that you know they say like you know i had no money i had nothing um and and you know obviously Allah subhanahu wa taala facilitates their needs, uh, but if you're gonna want to get married and you know do these things, uh, you have to understand there's a lot of compromise with that with that conversation, which couldn't be an entirely different podcast with you know mar- <laughs> marriage and seeking knowledge. Um, and I feel like inshallah that should also be a topic, so we'll get into that too. But as far as you know studying within your means i would say your localities if you haven't drained your local resources um and you want to already go overseas that's not something that's ideal and it's it's not just about draining them but they'll help you for the long run like if you're if you i I know people that like i met overseas or like i i know that they want to go but like for instance like the the, one of the first things if you want to go study overseas like depending on the country for for instance some countries like the main language is arabic so if you're if your arabic is not strong enough what are you going to do when you go overseas is you're going to spend a year or two basically just studying arabic nothing else so two years are just going to go over you're studying arabic when you could have done that when you're still here locally still pursuing other means as long as you structure your time uh doing what you need to do because of the end goal that you have saying that okay year or two from now i want to go continue my studies so what I'm going to do is like these two years, I'm going to focus as much as possible on Arabic, focus on my Quran, study the basics that I could do in my local resources, then move on to the next step. Yeah, no, 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 of course. And and I feel like that goes without saying that these a lot of people that want to go overseas, they should probably learn the language first, you mm-hmm. know, um, because otherwise you're going to have to learn it eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not easier over there, you know. It's, it's not easier, and it could be more expensive depending on where you're going. Because here you could, you're either working or still living with family. But when you're going over there, it's all expenses. There's no income in a sense. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's there are few people that actually made an income while studying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then you're gonna want to have you're gonna have to like probably stop sometime and mm-hmm. get that job. Mm-hmm. That you don't want mm-hmm. to go through that. Mm-hmm. And the second thing which you mentioned, it's and I we cannot emphasize this enough, is having a mentor. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Google can't be your mentor. You cannot start with Googling what is the first thing that I need to know, what is the first thing that I need to learn. Mentors are there to basically give you the roadmap or summarize the road for you, how what next steps you need to take. And this is one of the main things I feel my teacher helped with is when I went to him, he asked me, he was like, what do you want to study? I told him to be honest, I don't know what is a roadmap. You pick for me. 
Mm. And I feel every time he made the decision, because he's already been through it. He's been studying for maybe, what, 20 years? So he's, he already knows the roadmap. He knows what books are more beneficial to, to what specific student um, mm. based on your needs or based on what you need to do. And I feel when people don't have that mentor to guide them, they, they will make all kinds of wrong decisions. I met people who barely studied any Quran or barely studied any like even basic aqidah or fiqh. And when I asked them, oh, they were like, oh, they said, we're seeking knowledge and whatnot. And I said, oh, how? They said, we're reading Riyadh al-Salihin. I'm like, there are so many steps into the ladder before you even reach Riyadh Salihin, like what yeah. happened to them. But you can see that it's because of the lack of mentorship. Yeah, no, for sure. Because uh, without structure, um, you're not going to be set up for success. And that's what the structure can only be found within finding a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's sad that a lot of people are, are on that path, obviously, and they want to get that. They want to get there. But their their main lack is... They don't have that structure. Mm. Uh, and I can't emphasize this enough to you know anyone out there that wants to study knowledge. You have to lay out whatever you want to do and find an end goal. Um, and and obviously, you don't have to like write it down on paper, but you have to really like visualize that goal and see where it is you want to go, you know, um, and, and find people that have gone there. That's yes, the main thing. That's... You have to find people that are at that end goal or even like 10 steps ahead of that. Mm. That's why, like, it doesn't necessarily need to be like a, a. When we say find a mentor, like, don't. I don't want people to think that the main thing is that he needs to be a scholar who has studied. Yeah, yeah. And he has all. You could be a serious student of knowledge, or he's just a couple steps, like you said, ahead of you. So, like, he's yeah. already going down this road. So he will. They will give you the best advice that they could. Exactly. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, it's. You also have to understand if somebody wants to go overseas, it's uh, it's a commitment. <laughs> it's uh, it's a lifestyle that will change, and it will probably be a culture shock to you, especially being me being non-Arab. Yeah. And uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm, uh, I've been yawning the entire podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, Ramadan vibes, it's okay. Dude, yeah, I mean, I don't get it. You know what I mean? The sleep schedule is bad. I actually slept for the first time. Um, Actually, no, the second time before Fajr. Just like maybe like an hour or two, but... Um, I always sleep before it, Fajr. Like I wake up like maybe an hour before. So I would like to have time and stuff like that. But right after Aisha and like a little bit of Tarawih, I go to sleep right away. Like, especially I have work in the morning. So I, I really need like those like two or three hours of sleep. Exactly, exactly. So... Um, I think, yeah, with that, um, I feel like, you know, we both have to get back to our work as well. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, inshallah, um, thank you so much for the... We also had to reschedule this, um, <laughs> uh, but that's that's okay, inshallah. Um, I really thank you, my brother Osama, for uh, joining me today on this podcast. Um, and, and subhanAllah, like anyone out there that wants to get on, like if you have, you know, something to talk, let's talk, you know, um, it's, it's open to everyone, you know what I mean? Um, the, so like, you know, subhanAllah, like the Quran and like Islam connects people through, we don't even know how, like, you know, like I would have never known that, you know, me and you would have met you know, five years ago or like even like two, two weeks ago, you know what I mean? SubhanAllah. Um, yeah, you know, subhanAllah, like the, the connectivity between Instagram and all these things. And um, it, it's very, very real that, you know, you could even find teachers. You know yeah, what and I mean? This, this was about to say, this is a way to realize finding those mentors and finding exactly. the students of knowledge. Exactly. Dude, it's, it's, it's so 
easy now rather than before <laughs> that you know if somebody wants to go at it and they're not already at it that's they, they can they, it, it doesn't take long you know what i mean yes. it's one message away you know <laughs> what i mean um i don't know if you watch uh gary v's kind of stuff he gary v is uh one of the i, I know who is i'm just i'm just not a big so, fan to be yeah I'm, obviously yeah. i mean i'm not like uh, i don't like religiously do that but like one thing he said that definitely stuck with me <laughs> any field that you want to go into message like at least like 10 to 20 to 30 people that are in that field yeah, and definitely. get those connections out you know what i mean yeah. like it's 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 not that hard and we, it goes without it goes with knowledge too you know it's not hard to do that like i could even if i wanted like i just sent a friend request to sheikh fozi uh, sheikh fozi kunati from uh, azhar He's like one of the biggest um, like Maliki Arabic scholars, though. Dude, dude, like, I sent a friend request to him on Facebook. You know, <laughs> like these these things, like you know what I mean. If you want to contact like Sheikh Said al Said al Kamili, that's an option too. You know, you could. Bl- I mean, like, I, I tried that to be honest. Yeah, like, he's he's unreachable, but like, it's, like I attended his lectures in person and everything. But dude, like he's, later on, like I tried to get his contacts so like maybe dude, we could try to bring him to the US, uh, to Michigan at least it didn't yeah. like I couldn't oh no 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 yeah he's he's a uh... it's not the best example to give about like being reachable <laughs> <laughs> no 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 don't try to reach Sheikh Saeed no 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 but like um, dude he's a, he's a beast you know mm-hmm. what I mean like it's, he's so popular because he speaks Fosha yeah um, and like I love that you know what I mean especially for only speaking Fosha for me <laughs> like I'm fine with that sometimes he'll put a little bit of the Maghribi in there but yeah. you know what I mean and then you'll you'll get confused like yeah. for sure uh, but yes, yeah, I'm so salamak jazakallah khair for uh, you know coming uh, Osama and um, for having me. Of course, of course. And uh, you know with that we uh, conclude this podcast. Wal asr inna al-insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa amilus salihati wa tawassaw bil haqqi wa tawassaw bil sabr. Do you want to say anything else? Yeah, Osama. Assalamu alaykum. Wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. أيا طالب العلم قم لا تنم فإن الزمان انقضى وانصرم فكن ما حييت ضنينا به فظنك بالوقت عين الكرم وكن حلس درسك وافرح به تكن قائدا في غد الله